This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. My Talkers, 5 o'clock on a hump hump day. We're hanging out with Lori and Julia. We're going to get in some Hollywood news here. And boy, oh boy, Olivia Wilde continues Uh, to make headlines, you guys. Okay, all right. I mean, (laughs) this is just the craziest... This story makes no sense to me. So, Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis, their former nanny... Uh, of three years, gave a two-part interview to the Daily Mail where she shared all kinds of intimate details with uh, receipts as far as texts that she had back and forth with Jason. And, um, and, and, and we, it's been evidence ever since Jason served Olivia custody papers on stage at CinemaCon that this, we were in troubled waters. We were in for a ride, for sure. We were mm-hmm. in for a ride. We, she broke his heart. But, but I mean, in for troubled mm-hmm. waters to take that step. In yeah. fact, we didn't even want to believe that he did that. Nope. And then she gave a Vanity Fair interview and basically, yeah, there would there'd be no other way of doing it unless you explicitly, she knew that she was going to be there. So blah, blah, blah. So anyway... She's she's let us know this affair had everything that between um the, and it was it's it was an affair. Yes, it was an affair. Mm-hmm. Apple watches, salads with her special D dressing, disposable dogs, a distraught <laughs> Jason lying in front of her car so she couldn't go see Harry. And despite the two of them presenting a united front to publicly refute the nanny's first batch of hot tea, then the Daily Mail yesterday gave us more text. And between everybody and um, and I had thought that I thought, oh, what if she just gives us the salad dressing thing? Because it was so weird how people were obsessed about the fact that the nanny said that she was just calmly making this salad and said she was bringing it over to Harry's house. And Jason lost it. As one would. Yeah. And, and she had been on a cooking show with this recipe, Olivia Wilde. Yeah. So anyway, so then, uh, you know, it's a lot of piping hot tea. I'm at first thinking, did Olivia help her? Because the first batch made look Jason look like an abusive drunk. Then the second batch of information we got out, we get a bitter story. And it's like, oh, this was a seriously... Re- re- relationship that was going to implode it didn't matter if the bright Chinese star was hairy it could have been anything it was teetering they did not sound like they had a good uh relationship some people you know they they just didn't it just didn't seem like it was uh good and um anyway the nanny's thing yesterday was like olivia was stringing him along 
saying, oh, we still are getting married when during the early days of her infection. So she's really spinning all this stuff. And, of course, she has come through the worst cycle of press uh, with her Don't Worry Darling, a movie that gave us gossip for days and days. The Venice Film Festival, that whole cringe everything. Harry, you know, the homewrecker, Harry, the pop star out on tour. It's all just so messy. Then Shia LaBeouf drops the receipts mm. that she... Yeah. is begging him not to quit. And so She's, she wants the public to like her, but she goes to um, the L Hollywood women thing and gave a good, fiery, but kind of a downer f- from what we read from the Preaching transcript. speech. Preaching speech. Today, what does she do? After all of that and all the, and now, you know, I mean, really, I think the public would be on her side because I checked with Nanny Nikki mm-hmm. and Nanny Nikki said this is so inappropriate of the nanny oh, beyond, to be sharing all this. Lori. So the public would be like maybe for Olivia, like you could gain some goodwill. And I said, well, she probably wants to post her salad dressing and her PR people are saying, no, absolutely don't do Let it. Let this die. Guess what she does today? Oh, no. She posts the salad dressing. Where? And where? And then she shared uh, on Insta. And then she shared uh, a page from Nora Ephron's Heartburn. Mm. Now, Nora Ephron is an amazing writer. A lot of her movie or a lot of her books became movies. Heartburn yeah. was a movie with Meryl Streep and Jack Nicholson. It's basically about Nora Ephron, who's a food writer, and her marriage to Bob Woodward of Woodward, you know, the you know, Watergate yeah. guys. Yeah. And played by Dustin Hoffman. Oh, cool. And anyway, so Nora Ephron, she's a humorous, super talented, uh, but wrote about Scorched her ex in this memoir, Heartburn. Okay. So here's, and and, and Olivia even made her assistants go get the book because it says Heartburn, Mm -hmm. page 177, and she screenshotted it. And how this page starts is because if I tell the story, I can make you laugh, and I'd rather have you laugh at me than feel sorry for me. Because if I tell the story, it doesn't hurt as much. Because if I tell the story, I can get on with it. And then it goes on to describe a day that Nora Ephron is describing in in the middle of it is the salad dressing recipe. What is it? Word by Give word. me the damn salad dressing recipe. <laughs> okay. I want the recipe at this point. Um, I taught Mark to make the vinaigrette. Mix two tablespoons grape poupon mustard with yep. two tablespoons good red vinegar. Then whisking constantly with a fork, slowly add six tablespoons of olive oil mm-hmm. until the vinaigrette is thick and creamy. This makes for a very strong it's vinaigrette. It's such a basic, yeah, basic. So that's how she shared the recipe with us. Can I tell Using you? the words of Nora Ephron from a scorching memoir about oh. a marriage that went wrong. Only thing I would like to point out to Olivia is that the cheater in Heartburn is the husband. Yeah. So, Not her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's 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 page six right now, okay. Lori. Okay. Uh, Olivia Wilde wanted Harry Styles to think that she was done and broken up with Jason Sudeikis or Dukeus or whatever. Sudeikis. Sudeikis when they met. She, it sounds like maybe she lied to everybody. Everybody you know here. Listen, I did she this too. Bad. When I was a cheater, when I was cheating, honest to God, 
I would say to people, I've said, I said, my husband, and I have an understanding. Um, <laughs> we were basically living. So it's easy. You can lie. People lie. This is, yeah. this is, I mean, this is how we always knew that I, we've known forever that Olivia Wilde, you know, she was distracted. It can be the man. It can be the woman is very easily to get distracted by pretty handsome things and especially when your relationship is not that great and to me it doesn't ever sound like jason and olivia i mean she dated ryan gosling she dated justin timberlake i always wondered he made her laugh laurie how can you say that how do you know that it wasn't good because just how how they even got together that he used negging and all of that well they're been together for different reasons you can't blame this all on him Uh, Oh, no, I'm not blaming it all on him, but I'm just saying they were never like they had kids together. They were just never going to work. Well, yeah. didn't they not? They were never married, right? right. No, they, they were, were just, never going to work. Engaged. They were, they were engaged, engaged forever. And the fact that neither of them were in any great hurry, that to me, like if I were sign, yeah. one of their moms, I would have been nagging yeah. about getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they would have just done what they probably did to their mom. I'm a rich movie star. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but I do feel I don't know. I felt like when they were together in the beginning, it, I thought they were cute. Yeah, I thought they were cute. Oh, I, totally I never that. saw them as a couple. Oh, I, was I like, did. Oh. I thought it, I just I gave thought. all like average. I hate to say average this, guys, average Joes, average Joes a chance well, to get the hot one. Yeah. Look what's happened. Yeah. So she's like doubling down as that far to as me, I'm concerning. But but to me, because that is a sad image to think of her making a salad in front of her husband, husband or her oh. guy, and who, bringing it over and to her. And that the new man boyfriend. knows everyone it's and so openly gross. knows. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's cold. It's, and then, it's different than just, you know. And then doing this, yeah, which she's yeah. already taken down, Lori. The heartburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's already taken down. She did that. Her publicist, she's paying them so much money because this yeah. would have been the last thing they would have asked her to do. And also, um, I asked Nikki the nanny what mm-hmm. she thought. Specifically, and she was first of all like you were shocked that there wasn't an some NDA. kind of an NDA yep. in place, and she also said um, it's just so intimate for her or uh, inappropriate for sharing all the 100%. intimate family. I, Nanny Nikki doesn't approve, and um, I don't know. She she didn't really think. Um, Either one of them are behind the nanny. She just I don't thinks think the so nanny. Is, I think the nanny's a good go, trying to get money, and she's found she a loophole. She already got paid money, yeah, and she, there's a loophole in her NDA or something. Something like yeah. that. So no. anyway, but Olivia, don't say anything no, but more, she, darling. <laughs> I think that's darling. rude. I see what you did there. Yeah, posting that. I mean, what a. Because remember, I it's said I want her to face. post it just to feed the flames, but her PR team would never. But she allow did post it. it. She did, yeah. and to me, that's just. It's taking it I, to a whole level. I feel of like the belt. she's so pissed off at everyone that, that, that she's we, just saying bleep why all of you. Why doesn't she just own it and go away for a little no, while? And nobody cares. People fall out of their all the time vows or their whatever. Their, it their, happens. Their, there's a cheater and a cheaty. It happens. It let it go. But she really is just she's digging stirring the pot. Yeah, yeah, she is. Harry is probably just like telling her he's got no space in. Uh, front row until um, <laughs> the last night of his LA sand. I don't know. Keeping his distance. We haven't seen, well, we'll see if we see any photos of them this weekend if she shows up. 
That's very telling. And if you were Harry Styles' publicist, you would say, Stay no. away. Stay away. This is never going to get better, and there's kids. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's That's time it. for the Dirt Alert. We'll be right back. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert. Holly, Holly. Hi, Holly. It's our hump day, Dirt Alert. Oh, yes, Lori and Julia. It is. We are over the hump. The weekend is in sight. And we have to talk about Matthew Perry and his new memoir that's coming out on November 1st. Yes, please. Is he on the cover of People? Is that why we're getting a good uh, excerpt from his book? Yes, Matthew Perry on the cover of People, giving an exclusive interview to the publication about his new memoir, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, he said to People magazine, I wanted to share when I was safe from going into the dark side of everything again. He said I had to wait until I was pretty safely sober and away from the active disease of alcoholism and addiction to write it all down, he says of his book. And the main thing was I was pretty sober certain that it would help people oh yeah now some of the things that we're learning is that matthew perry is publicly acknowledging for the first time that he suffered from a gastrointestinal perforation but he actually spent weeks fighting for his life after his colon burst from opioid overuse this happened a few years ago do you guys remember him being on twitter yes yes i've yes he's Yes. And And the Friends reunion. Yeah, but this was longer than that. This was longer than that. Yeah. Now, he spent two weeks in a coma and five months in the hospital and had to use a colostomy bag for nine months. And oh, wow. this time he said when he was first admitted to the hospital that the doctors told my family I had a 2% chance to live. Matthew Perry says I was put on a thing called a ECMO machine, which does all the breathing for your heart, uh, breathing for your heart and for your lungs. He said that's called a Hail Mary. And he said that nobody survives that. My God, how much was the, how many pain killers, killers were, was he taking? He has. Wow. How many, Holly, does it say? Yeah, well, you know, at one point when he was doing Friends, Matthew Perry was taking 55 Vicodin a day. Those are at least 10 milligrams, 5 to 10, probably 10 milligrams. So he's taking 500 milligrams a day. Oh, wow. My God. Wow. Yeah. Now he was down to 128 pounds at one point. uh, And he said that he didn't know how to stop. He said, if the police came over to my house and said, if you drink tonight, we're going to take you to jail, I'd start packing. I couldn't stop because of the. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
the disease and the addiction is progressive. So it gets worse and worse as Mm -hmm. you get older. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Matthew Perry, again, in the spirit of helping folks in this memoir, he's getting pretty candid. He said of his relapses, he's been to rehab 15 times over the years. But he does say that he's pretty healthy now. And uh, so, and he does kind of have, you know, a sense of humor about all of these things. Now, Matthew Perry isn't disclosing how long he's currently been sober, but he says he counts each day and he just says it's important. But if you lose your sobriety, it doesn't mean that you lose all that time in education. He said your sober date changes, but that's all that changes. You know, everything you knew before, as long as you were able to fight your way back without dying, you learn a lot he the the book opens with this chapter because he's known for two things chandler bing and addiction addiction yeah that's Mm -hmm. what he's known so the very first chapter in this book is this it comes out november that's november 1st the one big terrible thing he lays it all out there if you look to at the cover of the book yeah you'll notice that his eyes are little pin needles his pupils are pin needles yeah anybody is going through an opioid addiction you can always tell when they have the pin needle eyes, they're on pills. So even in his memoir, I saw this earlier. I was looking at it because I've been through it. I yeah. noticed right away that is that picture was taken when he was still addicted to oh, pills. Oh, wow. No question. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So now Matthew Perry does say about being on that machine. He said there were five people put on an EM, ECMO machine that night when he was. And he said the other four died and I survived. And so Jeez. his big question looking at his life in an existential way. So he Mm -hmm. said, the big question is why? Why was I the one? There had to be some kind of reason. So to to read the book to tell us. Yeah, exactly. I probably will. Yeah, so Matthew Perry's memoir is out November 1st, and it's called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Mm-hmm. So, and the excerpts are in People Magazine this week. Mm-hmm. We'll move on to Anna Ferris. She revealed on her podcast the identity of a director that she had accused of inappropriate behavior on the set in the past, and that would be the late director Ivan Reitman. She's claiming that he inappropriately touched her on the set of their 2006 romantic comedy, My Super Mm Ex-Girlfriend. She said that Reitman slapped my mm during production on the first day he yelled at her, leaving her angry, hurt, and humiliated. Was that kind of an Ivan Reitman? Was that an unknown thing about him? Like Bill Murray was handsy and Ivan Reitman would always get somebody and like try and like make a, you know... Make a, a spectacle of yeah. Well, it Is seemed that, rumors that out there? it seemed that he had a reputation from being yelly on the set. Mm. You know, she says on a People always love that oh, getting my. yelled at, right? So Ivan, she on a Ferris says of Ivan Reitman, uh, the idea of attempting to make a comedy under this reign of terror mm. that he was a yeller and that he would bring down somebody every day. And she said on my first day. It was me. Now, she says that Ivan Reitman slapped her behind while she was filming a scene where she was up on a ladder. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and she brushed it off at the time because, it, you know, it was like, it's the first day on my set, on the set. She's like, what What am I supposed to do? She said, I remember looking around, I remember seeing the crew and being like, well, they were like, what are you going to do about that? But she's just like, I don't, like, what would I have done? But she said it made her feel small, and he, Ivan Reitman, wouldn't have done that to the lead male in this yeah. movie, which I believe was Luke Wilson, because this was a Uma Thurman, Luke Wilson movie. 
I don't mm. even remember that I don't movie. eat at all. Yeah. It bombed. It okay. did. Okay. Yeah, like, I don't think it was known for being particularly good, but you know, Lori, you do touch on something that's like, that makes you go, hmm, a little bit, because Ivan Reitman and Bill Murray, who mm-hmm. we've been talking about in the past couple of weeks yeah. with all of the alleged bad behavior that he's exhibited over the past 40 years, right. they worked very closely together. Yes, they did. And we, we played the audio from Gina Davis, you know, just really the story about him wanting to use the thumper mm-hmm. to have her lay down on a bed and do the thumper on her back and she's like I just knew I couldn't get him to say no so I just sat on the end of the bed filled with shame and he kind of did the back of my shoulders while I was sitting up <sighs> on the bed and the extra gal was like well what do you think he thinks about that and she said honestly I don't think he's ever even thought twice about it he didn't think about it then and he doesn't now which is the sad cold hard truth right you know and mm-hmm. you know you can make assumptions cross you know connect the dots and as much as okay if you're working with somebody like ivan reitman who directed the two ghostbusters movies that bill murray was in yeah i mean you can do you get away with a lot yeah, you get all the stuff rv weinstein got i mean people get away with a lot of bad behavior if they're making money Mm. Or somebody, I swear, it seems that way. Mm. Well, you can listen to yeah. Anna Ferris and the rest of her opinion, or thought, not even opinions, her story. Listen to it on her podcast, Unqualified. Dame Judy Dench is calling out the crown. Oh, no. What is she saying? She <laughs> is calling this series cruelly unjust. She oh. wrote a letter to the Times. Wow. Uh, the newspaper. King for- Charles is working overtime on his unhinged PR tactic to take down the crown. <laughs> so she wrote that it was cruelly unjust in his depiction of the British royal family. Now, Judy Dench stresses that she supports artistic freedom and is just urging Netflix to add a disclaimer to each episode, oh. stressing to viewers that the show is a fictionalized account of historical events. We cannot figure out this bonkers PR strategy giving Netflix so much free PR for a show that everyone already knows is, you know... Uh, There's a study out today, though, of so how many people Holly. believe in what they see, they see on yeah, TV's real. Know, but I mean, Jay, like, I mean, what did King Charles call Jay, Dame Judy Dench? He just needs to put out a thing. It was a difficult time, and I'm sure it'll bring up difficult memories. People should just know it's a show. Uh, the end. Yeah. Yes, the crown is fictional. Yeah, I repeat, hello. the crown is fictional. fictional breaking news. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeez. guys. Bye. Thanks, Holly. All right, Graham. Okay, so um, today's scandal is about couples that have been married, that broke up, and, and then remarried oh. again. And one of the classics that we all know about is Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Mm-hmm. And they were both married when they met on the set of Cleopatra. The actors both left their spouses for one another, got married in 64. Now, this is after she had the affair with Eddie Fisher, who was Debbie Reynolds' husband. So she's and already... He was, Eddie was comforting Elizabeth because she'd lost her husband... Mike Todd, Todd in, the plane in a crash. plane crash. So, and then has an affair with him. Mm-hmm. Breaks up that marriage, and then she goes on to do it when she's filming Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both left their spouses for each other they got married in 1964 after 10 years they divorced in 1974 that was a long time the following year 1975 they reunited and eloped in Botswana and divorced a year later wow mhm they did that a lot 
Melanie Griffith, and Don Johnson. She was 14 years old when they starred together and met, and he was 22. When they met on the set of the the Herod Experiment, Mm -hmm. by her 18th birthday, they were engaged. Mm -hmm. They eloped. In she Vegas. was a Hollywood teenager. Yes, she was. Tippi Hedren's <laughs> daughter. Yeah. They eloped in Vegas in 76. Oh, my God. Their marriage only lasted six months. Uh-oh. After years apart, plus a marriage for Melanie and children for both of them, they reunited in 89, remarried in a small ceremony in Aspen, Colorado. Their second ma- marriage, only it lasted like eight years. And then they divorced. And they had Dakota. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's their child. Mm -hmm. Natalie Wood and Robert Wagner. I was going to (laughs) say, these two, they they had like a big apart. In 56, they were set up with each other by the studio. But a year later, they actually fell in love and ended up getting married. They were one of Hollywood's favorite couples, got divorced in 62. They both married other people and moved on only to reunite and tie the knot again Ten years later. Ten years later. They married until her death nine years later in 81. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's another one. now he's married to Jill St. John. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Who looks like Stephanie, his heart-to-heart co-star. Zimbalist. Not Zimbalist. Stephanie Powers. Yes, thank you. Sophia Loren and Carlos Ponte. Well, their road to marriage was very rocky. He's so much older. Wasn't he like 30, 40 years older than she was? Something a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, he was married with two children. When yes. They and they met in 1957. She was they, the young starlet. Yes. They wed by proxy in Mexico. For years after they were married in 57, they were forced to live in exile. That's right. As charges Switzerland. of bigamy. Mm-hmm. were raised against them in Italy and by the Vatican. Mm-hmm. In 62, it was revealed that their marriage was not valid, so it was annulled. And the couple remarried four years after that in France. That's, That's a rocky scandalous. Mm-hmm. Pamela Anderson and Rick Solomon. Oh, my gosh. I forgot those two got married oh, twice. Yeah. Yep, she married her he long time. He Paris Hilton sex yes. tape. Uh, they were friends. They got married in Vegas in 2007. It was her third marriage. It didn't last long. Two months after they married in 2007. Two months. She, she petitioned for an annulment. Mm. The couple's marriage was annulled a year later, and Pamela reunited with her other ex-husband, Tommy Lee, shortly after. Ready for the curveball? In 2014, yes. seven years later, Pamela and Rick Shocked everyone when they announced they'd secretly tied the knot for the second time. Their union lasted six months. Oh, this oh my time. gosh. Mm-hmm. She's had a lot of short marriages. Well, the one guy was six days. That one producer. <laughs> that, yeah. or the I forgot. That Peters. Was like John Peters. John Peters. Yes. John Peters. <laughs> that was like six days. Yes. And then she married the hand, she, the handyman. Yes. And that's our. That's and broke over. up that marriage. Okay, Eminem and Kimberly Kimberly Scott, they were high school sweethearts. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were together. They got in um, 1989, they got married. They had a very tumultuous relationship and ultimately Mm -hmm. divorced. You know, two years later, they have custody of a daughter. Did we see that in 8 Mile? Well, 8 Mile and in every one of his lyrics, he talks about how he's pretty much going to murder his ex-wife. It's awkward, but it's not in a negative way. It's just his style. Yeah, I mean, that's terrible to say. It is. They remarried in 2006, but neither of them signed the marriage certificate Mm. and broke up a month later. Oh, wow. 
Uh huh. Dionne Warwick and William Elliott. He was a musician. They uh, married in '66. They parted ways a year later. It didn't last long. They remarried a year after that okay. in '67, but separated for good in '75. Oh gosh! And she, and this is what she said. It, um, I was the major earning power in the family, and it was difficult for his ego. Mm-hmm. It just got too much for my husband to bear, and we decided it'd be best for us to part ways. Yeah. In other words, he didn't like being Mr. Dion no. Warwick. No. Whereas <laughs> other guys would be just fine being Mr. That. Dion Warwick. Yes. As long as you don't overspend, darling. <laughs> Judge Judy and her husband, Jerry, is it Schindlin? Is that Judge Judy? Schindlin. Schindlin. Schindlin, yeah. She met her husband, Jerry, while working as a prosecutor. They got married in 76, had three children. After 14 years, they divorced in 1990. A year later, they remarried, and they've been together ever since. And her quote was, I miss Jerry. I like to have someone to fuss over. I like to be mated. It's natural for me. Mm -hmm. I learned the hard way that sometimes what you think makes you happy won't. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, I think, have learned that. Elliot Gould and Jennifer Bogart. Oh, okay. Elliot Gould was married to Barbara Streisand. Yeah, they from had the one child together to seventy-one. Jason mm-hmm. Gould, and then this is in seventy-three. He met Jennifer. Imagine, so he's an older man. Mm-hmm. His ex-wife is Barbara. Yeah. Then he meets a woman, a girl who's eighteen years old. Oh dear. They date till she's twenty-two. They tie the knot in seventy-three, and he's like forty-six yep. or something. Two years after that. They got divorced. Mm-hmm. Three years after that, they Back remarry together. again. Oh, dear. Their second u- union lasted for more than 10 years, but ultimately they divorced again. And he has not remarried since and told the guardian, guardian that he will be married to Jenny forever until she can do better. Okay. Well, Even though they're divorced. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. It, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Marie Osmond and Steve Craig. Oh, that's right. She married her. I they were about married that. in 82 to 85. After years apart, Marie divorced her second husband. Steve was her first. And then they reunited and married in 2011. She even wore the same wedding dress as she wore when she married him the first time. That's really something. And she said their son, Stephen, was getting married. And we realized we can't go to our son's wedding and not be married. So we got married a few months before he did. He joked that he never thought it would happen, but it did. The kid did. Yeah. So, they have a kid, get married before the kid's getting married. Well, and that they was seem- shocking when Marie got divorced from him. Big because Mormons time. didn't get divorced. You were just like stayed Big together. Time. You married young and you stay together. Mm-hmm. Estee Lauder and Joseph Lauder, um, they married in 1930 before moving to Manhattan and building a company together, the Estee Lauder Company. They divorced in 39, reunited and married in 42, and they were happily married until his death in 83. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it does happen. It does. Rosemary Clooney and Jose Ferrer. Ferrer, yeah. Ferrer. That, they were, that's George Clooney's uncle or yes, aunt. It, yes, it is. They were married in 53. They welcomed five children together. They divorced in 61, ended up reconciling after their split and remarried in 64, and then parted ways again in 67. He could not keep the pepper in the package. No. Or whatever the saying is. <laughs> no. Speaking of the pepper mill guy. Yeah. Ruby Rosa. Yeah, Ruby Rosa. It was so funny. I was telling Jeff that story because yeah. when we went to Galena, 
Illinois. Did you um, get run across some big a, Ruby Rosa? Now we went to this steakhouse and they came out with the Ruby Rosa, and I'm like, oh god, you got to know the story about the peppermint. <laughs> I, I was just laughing so hard. All right, that's that's uh, yes, that's a very uh, there's delicious. many more, but yeah. I mean, a lot of people. Have have I know two people in real life who got divorced and remarried. Are they still together? No, none of them. No, <laughs> there you go. sometimes you do. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Listen, that's good. Let's. We'll be right back. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody, on this hump day. Um, we, by the way, have tickets to give away to Beauty and the Beast, which is going to be at the Ordway um, this holiday season. And there's tickets to the opening night, which is a Wednesday night, November um, 30th. Give us a buzz at 651-641-1071. I think there's, you know, the Ordway always has a lot of local um, people in with the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the traveling show or whatever. So I think this is exciting. Well, T. Michael Rambo is in this. Yes, one. you're right. And mm-hmm. also, Six is at the Ordway right now. That is a great show. If people are looking. What is it like? Is it, it like is, a Chicago? Is it a high dance, sexy? It's high singing, dancing, women telling. There's six different women telling, telling I think, the same story at different eras. If mm-hmm. I'm remembering yeah. correctly, I loved this show. Oh, I remember when you saw it. And, and I, I like, go, and you're like, this is an amazing show. It's just fantastic. It's it's high energy, great music. One women, Tony, I think. It's great. Mm-hmm. And it's... um. Our friend, um, Ryan, has seen it in New York a million times. Like, it's his favorite show. I mean, really? it's really, really, really good. All right. So that's at the Ordway right now. Um, we better get going to that then. Right. Well, you have a month. I mean, it isn't November 30th yet, thank that's God. That's Because that would be... That'd be too much. It feels like November. It's it so it cold. really... <laughs> it's feel, so cold. And it's... You and I are but like... it's going to be 70 this weekend, so right. we can do... Um, yard things. I you can, can get wash your of, windows. I can wash my windows. I could also like like actually take all the now the plants that got frozen and they're not frozen, but they all certainly they feel like mush celery that's they, been in your refrigerator. It really does cold. when they just, just go. go whoop, they just lose all their their luster. That's right, luster like and all the joy. Losing a boner. There just boom. It just falls. It's what happens when frost happens to an outdoor plant. <laughs> That's right. Frost <laughs> nips at the bottom of the prostate and sends that thing down into sponge-like oh, territory. I love the analogy. Hello, Mr. Softy. Oh, so for crying out loud, Rand. I wish you weren't answering phones right now because Lori is just being sick as usual, and I'm having to deal with it all on my own. Okay, tonight. Um, American Horror Story, a new one, New York City. Oh, okay, wow. so it's Ryan Murphy, mm-hmm. Resurrects. It's on FX. Yes. It's a creep show with an edition set in New York City. So it'll be on Hulu tomorrow. Airing two episodes each Wednesday, but for people who just have yeah. regular TV, um, airing two episodes each Wednesday over five weeks. Details are, as usual, scarce beyond the tease that mysterious death disappearances are making the metropolis more nervous than usual with a doctor and a local reporter at the center of the spooky action. The cast is stellar. Joe Mantello, Mantello, Billy Lord. Yeah. Zachary, she's always in his American. Is she? Series. Yeah. Zachary. Um, Quinto, Quinto. He always is too. Russell Tovey, Leslie Grossman, Charlie mm-hmm. Carver, Sandra Bernhardt, mm-hmm. Isaac Powell. Yeah. I'll totally. Patty Lapone, who gave up her, theater card the other day and is making oh, a big actor's equity yeah 
I don't want to be part of this circus anymore, which is we Broadway. We were kind of afraid of her when she was in studio. She was a very intimidating and oh. um, prickly gal woman. She woman. was prickly the way Dionne Warwick was prickly. Yeah. She brokers, she brokes no nonsense, or brooks no nonsense, I think is the, is the phrase. She, I, she I love that. no nonsense. I mean, and, and it's interesting because think of, okay, so the women of that generation, because Patti LuPone, Dionne mm-hmm. Warwick, um, Hot Sticks Malone, Hot Lips Malugatoid from MASH. <laughs> Hot Lips Hulan. <laughs> who has a real name. Yeah, Loretta Sweat. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They were all prickly with us, Lori. Yeah. So much for being excited and delighted. Well, I'm not going to say it's on any kind no, it of an age thing, but it might have to do with the l- longevity of career. Yes. And putting up with whippersnappers for just too long. And having to deal with the new batch of them and sick of their Once crap. again, someone calling I'm you not... Whitney Houston's aunt <laughs> instead of cousin. It just gets old. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, this... We had Patty LaPone in our studio once. She really? was in something at the Ordway, but she we was. were, we were, it was very nerve wracking. Uh-huh. She was a strong, she was a st- strict person. <laughs> <laughs> we could tell right away we were going to get, we had to be like on our best, you know, behavior and not be meandering around or not right. getting to the point or. <laughs> well, we've got another thing to get to. Grant, who won our tickets? Lori from Plymouth is our winner and she's very grateful and thankful. So she's very excited to go. Oh, I'm so glad. Listen, yeah. guess who's coming? Our blind Italian tenor is coming back for an encore at the Target Center May 21st. Oh. We've had people go to this that said, this is the show you have to see. Mm-hmm. These tickets are going to be hot. Yeah, They're probably going to go on sale. I don't know. Hennepin Theater Trust is putting on this event. Um, so just if this is a, this will be a hot ticket. I want to go. Go get them. Be a planner. Make a date in advance. Lorraine. You know? Lorraine. I'm what not... is wrong with that? Then you have good <laughs> I've made a date in advance. What is that? I'm going on a holiday in January. That, that's a honeymoon. I'm going on a honeymoon. There you go. I, I gave Jeff, you know, a drawer. I moved his drawer from the third drawer down to the second one down you in the bathroom. Why can't he have his own dresser? We're not there yet. Oh, my <laughs> word. What? We, I laughed so hard. No, this is in the bathroom. I have so much stuff. And so I cleaned out one and I decided it was too far for him to bend. Yeah. So I gave him the second one. Well, okay. <laughs> so you've just done the reverse of what I've done. We, I, was, I just slowly taken over everything. Yes, that's <laughs> right. And do. I'm slowly releasing Yeah, right. You've got to go the other way. And, and I moved drawer. it up so we yeah. didn't have to bend so far. I thought there, that was yeah. really That was right. very kind of you. It, aren't I something? You are. You're no, we have till December 1st. Is our move-in date? Um, we did mm. everything backwards. Yes, you have. We it's did been a very interesting <laughs> thing to watch from afar and experience, and keep our lips sealed about everything. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. Now, is something that you didn't have to do because you just got married at home. You didn't have to go to say to yourself. Should I have a flowerina at my wedding? <laughs> oh, a flowerina. Exactly. You can hire a ballerina. And this lady, we posted her, her name is Jewel Ellis. She hires herself as, and she just, you know, she calls herself a flowerina. Okay, that's hysterical. Yeah, or she'll just perform like a little thing between the toast at a wedding reception, but she's danced down the aisle. I love that she idea. She just and spins. 
and people who what just want to have a little show. She's a flowerina. That is enterprising. It's like a sorbet. It's a palate cleanser of action. And she's quite good, and she just twirls, and they just, it's gone viral on GMA, Julia. I absolutely love that. Yeah, and I think that's funny. I don't know if they call her flowerina, but that's what I'm calling when... It started out is that a a friend of hers didn't have anyone to be a flower girl. And she said, you could be my flower girl and be the ballerina dancing. And and be a flowerina. Flowerina. It's it's something to watch, too. She's talented. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good night. Job done. Off you go. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Hey.